help of Hashem, we are learning Bavakama Daf Ayin Vav. We left off on Daf Ayin Vav, Amidalos, all the way on top of the Amid Ganav, Vehigdish, Vacharkach, Tovach, Umachar, Chulei. So the Gemara is quoting from the Mishnah. The Mishnah, on Daf, again, on Daf Ayin Dalid, Amid Bey says that if a person steals, and then the person, the Ganav is Magdish, the animal, and then the person shechts the animal, Kefal, he'll have to pay to the owner, but he won't have to pay Arbava Chamisha. Now really, if we're going to go back to Samach Vav, Amad Aleph, to Samach Zayin, Amad Beis, we had a Machloikis, first between Rabbah and Rabbi Yosef, then between Eshlokish and Rabbi Yechanan, whether Yish from the original owner, will allow the Ganav to fully acquire the animal or not. We're going to learn the Mishnah and the Sugya based on the opinion of Rabbi Yosef, that Yish itself, Eino Kaino, same opinion of Rabbi Yechanan, Yish is not Kaino, which means like this. When the person stole the animal, the owner gave up hope. Being that Yish Eino Kaino, so they don't own the animal yet, which would mean that if they were now to shecht it, they would have to pay the owner, Arbava Chamisha, because they're shechting the owner's animal. But being that they were Magdashit, and as we spoke out, and especially in the Samach Zayin from the Rajba, that Yish, together with Shinoi Rishus, will take the animal away from its original owner. And we're going to use the concept of Boim Ke'echot. So now that the Ganef was Magdashit and the Hegdash was effective because of Yish and Shinoi Rishus, now the animal does not belong to the original owner. It belongs to Hegdash. When a person steals from Hegdash, shechts an animal from Hegdash, there is a ni'ilah punishment, when there is the ni'ilah punishment. But the punishment of kefal and adalot vehei is only from shoy re'eyu and not shoy shal Hegdash. That is the way we learned the Mishnah. Good. So Amri, they said in the yeshiva, bishloy ma'atvi cholay mechayiv, the reason why the Ganef won't have to pay the Dalad Vehei for shechting it, as we explained, because the Chik Kotavach, because when he actually shechted it, the Hegdish Kotavach, it no longer belongs to the owner, Veloy Demari Kotavach, like we explained, because even though Yish, by itself, does not allow the Ganef to acquire it, so when he, when he was Magdashit, it wasn't his, it was still the owner's. But now that he was Magdashit, now you have Yush and Shinudishus. So now the animal is a bona fide Hegdish animal. When you shecht a Hegdish animal, there's no penalty of four or five. But now the Gemara is asking a Gavaldic question. The Torah says that if a person steals and they shecht it, they have to pay four and five. Or if they sell it, what does selling mean? That now it's the Ganifs. If they, if they sell it to another party, for that, they have to pay Dalad Vehei. Why don't we view the act of the Ganav being Magdashit? He's giving it to another domain. That is like selling it. For the act of being Magdashit itself, he should have to pay the Dalad Vehei. Ela Ahegdish Lichayev. This is a Gavaldic question. It's for the very consecration. It's like Mechira. And we're saying it's effective. They're Shinu Deshus. So pay for, they pay now just for that. Great. And part of the question, what difference will there be if you sell it to a commoner, or if you, so to say, sell it to Hashem? 
answers the Gemara, it must be that Ha Mani Rabshemini, that the author of this part of the Mishnah is the Tana Rabshemin, the Amar that says, Kachim Shechayiv Bachri Yusan, that when you have Kachim, but if the owner is still obligated to replace it if it gets lost or damaged, is still considered still considered in the domain of the owner. In other words, like quickly reviewing this, when a person makes an animal hegdish, there are two options of having this done. Option number one, the person takes an animal and he says, this animal is hegdish, this animal is an oilah, this animal is a shlamim. That's called a nedava. When a person makes a nedava, if something happens to the animal before it's actually used, the owner doesn't have to replace it. However, if a person begins by saying, The person takes an obligation upon themselves. And then to fulfill their obligation, they designate an animal. If the animal accidentally gets damaged, gets lost, gets stolen, the obligation is still on them, they have to replace it. So being that the case of the Mishnah will be that this Ganev, he's a Ganev, but then after he stole, he said, to bring, let's say, a Oila. Then he was Magdish, this stolen animal for the oil. Being that if something will happen to it, he will have to replace it. So it's still considered his. So it's not considered a bona fide sale. It's not out of his domain fully. He's still responsible for it. It's still considered his. Now that would be a great answer. However, the Gemara challenges. Oh, however, me the Sefer Rapshim and Havei, the Mishnah of Ayin Dalad Amad Beis concluded with the words that Rapshim says, and we have to still explain exactly to what cases Rav Shimon is referring to. But the Mishnah later at the end quotes Rav Shimon, which implies that if this case already would have been Rav Shimon, you can't go and then say what Rav Shimon says. So we're back to the question. Ella answers the Gemara. The case of the Mishnah is Oh, Now we're going back to something we learned on Dafyud Beis. That we learned the sheet of Rabbi Yosi Haglili that says Kachem Kalim Mamein Baalamhu that when a person sanctifies an animal there are different types of karbanos and Kachem Kalim Chmeis refers to Shlamim a Bukhar, a Pesach Maiser Sheni these are animals from which after it's slaughtered not only do the Kahanim get to eat some of it but the owners get to eat some of it. Rabbi Yosi holds that it's still considered his property. He's eating from his own property, unlike the other Tanoim that hold. Kachim Kalim is fully Hashem's. The fact that the owner gets to eat it, that's because Hashem, so to say, is inviting the owner to Hashem's table. Mishulchan Gavayah Ka'achli. Rabbi Yisrael, that holds that Mamun Ba'ilam Hu, and therefore, Ubedashu say Kaimei. So again, it's not a bona fide sale. You didn't fully give up your ownership. So for the act of Hegdish, that's not Machari. And again, now that you were Magdashit, it worked. Yush and Shinu Ba'alim, shechting it, you're not shechting it something, it's already enough of a hegdish for you not to be chayv to pay dalad v'hei. Abel asks the Gemara, if that is the case, what are you telling me? That if the Ganev was magdashit, not for kachim kalim, not for a shlamim, if he was magdashit for kachim kachim, for example, for an oil, then you're telling me that mishalim tashlumi dalad v'hei, then you'll agree that for the very act of hegdish, we will view Hegdish like an act of a sale for which I'll have to pay four or five. That also can be. Because let's not forget that the Mishnah and Ayin Dalid Omid Beis is really a contrast to the Mishnah and Ayin Omid Aleph. That there we learned 
And here we learned that there's going to be a difference because of the scenario. So the question is, instead of the Mishnandaf Ayin saying, Ganav, that if a person steals an animal and then they shecht it, that was Andaf Ayin. And then they are Magdashit. So the Mishnandaf Ayin says, that Mishalim Tashlumi Dalot Vehei, that you pay four or five. Because here, when you shechted it, it did not yet belong to Hegdish. It was a normal case of Gnev and Tficha. Why did we have to contrast it with that case? I'll give you a better contrast of a scenario that's even more similar. That you don't pay by Tvicha, as we just said in our Mishnah Dalad Vehei. That's only if the Hegdish was only in the, in the category of Kachim Kalam. But if the person stole an animal and they were Magdishit, then they have to pay Tashlumi Arba if our Mishnah goes according to Rabbi Yisih Haglili. And the only reason why you don't pay from being Magdashit is because it's not fully God's. When you fully give it away to Hashem, then the act of Hegdash should be like Mechira, back to the question. Ella, for this the Gemara says, No matter what the case will be, if Ganav the Higdish, you will not pay Dalad the I but you had this great question. Why don't you have to pay four or five simply for the fact that you were magdashit? It should be viewed as you sold it. Here the Gemara answers, nah. When a person sells something to a commoner, let's say the original owner which would be here, the Ganef, the owner, the Ganef is Reuven, and he sells it to Shimon, the Torah to Shimon, now it belongs to Shimon. Which is why the Torah says, if you sell it, you have to pay Dalad Vehei. However, when you sell it, so to say, to the heavens, meaning when you're Magdashit, let's say the Ganef's name is Reuven, so it belongs to Reuven, because he stole it, so to say, belonging to Reuven, even after he gives it to Hegdish, he's Magdashit, and even by Kachi Kachim. Don't forget that if a person says, I'm bringing a carbon oilah, and that person brings a carbon oilah, what do we say? Who's, who brought a carbon oilah? We say Reuven brought it. We don't say, no, no, no. God had his own animal brought to him. There was still enough credit being given to the, to, to the one who was Magdashit, after he was Magdashit, for us to say that it's not fully, not his anymore. So that for, the act of, for the act of Hegdish, you're not going to charge him Dalad Vehi. And coming back to the Mishnah, now that there's Yish and Shinui Rishus, so Taka the Hegdish worked. So therefore when he shechted the animal, he didn't shech the animal that belongs to its original owner, which is why the Mishnah says he doesn't pay Dalad Vehi. Now the Mishnah says... Rav Shimon says, and we quoted the din of Rav Shimon, that and the Havamin of the Gemara is Rav Shimon is going on this very case. So Amri, so they asked, based on the Havamin, that Rav Shimon is disagreeing with the Tanakama on this case. If a person steals, and then they're Magdashit, so the Tanakama says, you never pay Dalad Vehei. And on this, Rav Shimon says, it depends. You sometimes will pay Dalad Vehei. Why would that be? Again, in the Havamina, because Rav Shimon holds, no, that the act of being Magdashit is like selling it. So you pay Dalad Vehei for the very fact that you are Magdashit. 
But if that would have been the reason of Rab Shimon, then Ibchami Bayalay, Rab Shimon should have said the opposite. What would have been the opposite? When the person was Magdishit on a way where he says, Hare Olai, which means that if something happens to the animal, the one who was Magdashit, the Ganat, has to replace it, which means he still owns it. Still his enough that he's obligated to replace it. Well, then the din should have been the opposite. Then he should be exempt. Because then it's not a full sale. He sold it, but it's still his. He has to replace it. Because it did not fully live his domain. Rabbi Shimon should have said the opposite. That by that when there is no neder, when it's only an adava, when he does not have to replenish it, then he should be chayef for the very act of being magdashit, because he's not chayef achrais, which means it's fully God's. Rab Shimon would hold that it's considered just like Mechira. You're chayev dalad vehei for the fact that you were meicherit to Hegdish, that you gave it to Hegdish. The mafkalei midrashu say he should have said the opposite. To which the Gemara answers Amri. They explained in the yeshiva that Rab Shimon is not disagreeing with the Tanakama on this case. It's not stam guy gamvet an animal. It's owner hadiyush. Yush itself is not koina. He was magdashit. And now Rab Shimon says, well, it depends. Chayi Bachrais, not Chayi Bachrais. That's not what Rab Shimon is referring to. Rab Milsa, Rab Shimon, Amilsa, Achriti, Koi, he's referring to another scenario. And before we go to the case of Rab Shimon, let us remember that there is a din that Ein Hagoynef, Acher Haganef, Meshant Hashlomidal Vehei. If Reuven is the Ganef, and after Reuven steals it, Shimon steals it from Reuven. Shimon doesn't have to give Reuven Kefal. If then Shimon shechts the animal, or if then Shimon sells the animal, he doesn't have to give to the Uven Dalad Vehei. Because we learned in the parsha of Kefal and Dalad Vehei, it begins that the Ganef was Vigunaf Mibeis Ho'ish, that the thief steals it from its original owner. Then there's Kefal. Or if he shechts it or sells it, Dalad Vehei. Being that Shimon stole it, not Mibeis Ho'ish, he stole it from a Ganef, there's no Dalad Vehei. And likewise, we learn the chain going of Hegdish, if the owner, Chaim, had an animal that the owner was Magdish. Now the Ganef steals it from Reuven, but he's not stealing, the Ganef is not stealing from Chaim, is the owner. Reuven did not steal Chaim's animal. Chaim already was Magdish. Here also the din is that. Reuven, the Ganev, doesn't have to pay Kefil all Dalad Vehei because it wasn't anymore Reuven, Chaim's, Chaim was already Magdashit. My Talmud, based on the Pasik, Vigunaf me base Ish, me base Hagdish. This is the case that the Mishnah is referring to. The owner already was Magdashit, not the Ganev. The Ganev, Reuven, stole it from the owner's house, but the owner was already Magdashit. It's halachically not the owner's. So the Tanakama will hold, you don't pay Kefal, you don't pay Dalad Vehei. On this, says Rab Shimon, nah, not so simple. If the owner, Chaim, who was Magdish the animal, was Magdish the animal after the owner made a neder, after the owner said, Harei Olai, to bring an oilam, yes, he was Magdish it. But if the owner will lose the animal, the owner will have to replace it with another animal. In other words, using the words we had before in the Gemara, it's Dovar Haggoyim Lamamin. The animal, him owning it or not, will cause the owner to lose or not to lose money. Not to lose Chaim's money. Chaim will have to replace it. So even though it is Hegdish, it's still considered it belongs to the owner. So he does have to pay to the owner, 
kefal of dalad vehein shechayiv b'achriyus and chayiv. Why my tamar Rab Shimon holds that korin on bay that we do read the pasuk vigunas mebeisa ish as we mentioned because davar hagreim lamamain. We had it on the Ayin Aleph Ahmed Beis is Kamamin Dami. However, Rav Shimon is Maida that if Vishayin Chayiv Achri Yusam, if if the owner Chayim who was Magdashit was Magdashit as a Nidava, if something happens to it, the owner doesn't have to replace it. It's not the owner's. He has to bring it to the Beis Hamikdash, but it doesn't belong to the owner. So now, for Uven steals it from the house of the owner, it's not halachically the owner's. But the Leikarin and Beis are going to be Beisish. Okay, so now we explain the the the, 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 the first case Now we explain the case upon which Rab Shimon opines that it depends whether he's chayiv or not However, here comes another great question. Asks the Gemara: Michti behold, We learned again on Daf Ayin. We had this concept from Rab Shimon. That The case of Rab Shimon was, for example, there were really two cases. Just give one case. If a person steals an animal, Ruven steals an animal, and he shechts the animal, but he discovers the animal is treif. So Rab Shimon says he doesn't have to pay dalad vehei. Ah, you stole and you shechted. Since the shechita halachically is not valid because the animal is treif anyway, so shechita she'ena ruuya loy shechita. You didn't shecht it. You don't pay dalad vehei. So now the question is, hold on, let's now apply this to our Mishnah. Nami. Okay, in the case of Rab Shimon, the owner, the owner was Magdash an animal. The owner was Magdash an animal as a neder, harei olai. The owner is chayiv b'achrayis, if he loses it. The ganath gamvas it wrongfully from the house of the owner. Rab Shimon is saying, ah, since it's considered the owner's, maskim, you, you do have to pay dalad vehei. If you stole it and slaughtered it, it is mi beiso ish. One second. If he was magdish the animal, because the one who asked the question understands the ganav shechted it in the ganav's house. Kachim that you slaughter outside the azara is completely disqualified. You can't have any benefit from it. So it's mamash shechita she'ena so for the shechita she'ena ruoi, it's not called that you slaughtered it. Why are you chayiv again? Ah, that's a question. For which this question, the Gemara is going to give three answers. And that's going to take us also already into Daf Ayin Zayin. So answer number one is Kiyosi Rabdimi. When Rabdimi came from Eretz Yisrael, he said in the name of Rabbi Yechanan, explaining Rab Shimon in our Mishnah, that the case of Rab Shimon wasn't that the Ganev stole an animal that's kachim. And he slaughtered it outside the Beis Hamikdash. No, he shechted it in the Azara, and he shechted it l'shem ba'alim. He shechted it for the owner. In other words, the shechita is a shechita k'sheira. Wow! Let's not forget shechita k'sheira bezara. The Bailam is Chaim. Chaim owns an animal. And Reuven the Ganev steals it from Chaim. It happened to me that before he stole the animal, Chaim himself designated this animal as his neder. This will be my oil. So, where did Reuven shecht it? So, Rav Dimi, says, the Mishnah that says, that Rav Shimon says, that the Ganav has to pay the Chaim, Dalad Vehei, is in a case where he shechted the animal in the Azara, in, for Chaim. The Ganav knew, Reuven knew that it's Chaim's oil. He shechted it, L'Shem Chaim. So, it's a shechita Reuya. The only problem is, why should he have to pay anything? What would happen if after Reuven steals the animal, 
he gives it back to the owner. He's putted it completely. He doesn't have to pay the Karen, he gave back the Karen. There's no kefil, there's no dalad vehei, because he returned it to its owner. The owner here really didn't own it. Chaim already was magdish this animal. If Reuven, without permission of Chaim, takes it, but he brings it to the base of Migdush, and he shechts it, l'shem Chaim, so he did with the animal exactly what Chaim needed to do with the animal. So why you chayv anything? He returned it to its owner. So it must be, Ah, after he shechted the animal, all of the blood poured out. None of the blood was applied. No, it's Chaim did not get his mitzvah. So it's not returned to the owner. But the shechita was a shechita kesheva. So since Rav Shimon holds that when Yechayev Bachrai is Dovr HaGerim Lumamin Kamamin Dami, it's considered Chaim's enough, because Chaim now has to replace this animal, that the Gan of Reuven has to pay to Chaim Dalot Vehei. That's answer. Huh? Reuven stole it, then someone told Reuven, you kidding? That, that animal is an oil. No, if it's an oil, I'll... Uh, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it, and I'll do it for him. Another answer, Kiyosi Ravin, right? That I involved a second to last line. He said in the name of Rabbi Yechon, and another answer that b'shoichet mimim bifnim. Again, yes, he stole an animal that was designated for a carbon, and the carbon was a valid carbon; it was unblemished, and the Ganav shechted it in the Azara. But to avoid the question of Chazra Kedem Leba'alim, said Rav and Amr Rabbi Yechanan, Shuloy L'Shem Ba'alim. And that takes us to the first Mishnah, Mesech Tzvachim, that if a person, if an animal was slaughtered in the Beis HaMikdash, Shuloy L'Shem Ba'alim, Shuloy L'Shma, or Shuloy L'Shem Ba'alim, a side of exceptions, the owner is not the Yitzhah the Mitzvah. The owner has to bring another animal. But the carbon itself is a kosher carbon. So here it's perfect. The owner separated it for an oila, let's say. This Ganav shechted it, not for the owner. He shechted it an oila for me. Now it answers your question. And the din is like this. The owner did not get his obligation fulfilled. The owner has to replace it. So, Because in such a case, the carbon is considered a valid carbon. It's only not valid for the owner, Gavaldik, and Dafayin Vavamid Beis. And now we have the third answer. Reishlakish Amar, who told you that the animal is a Tamim? And the whole question was well, if you shecht a Tamim outside the base of Migdash, it's a Shechita She'ena Ru'uya. Lafshma Shechita, the animal was already blemished. Now, what happens when a person designates an animal and later the animal gets blemished? What should happen is, you should redeem the animal. Once you redeem the animal, then you can uh, shecht and eat the animal. It becomes unconsecrated. There is still some vestige of Kedusha. You know, we, but the animal could be used and eaten. So here the animal was a Balmum. The only challenge is, is that it was not yet redeemed. However, as the Gemara is going to explain, nevertheless, since the animal will get redeemed... When the Ganav shechted outside the Beis Amigdash, if you'll redeem it later, you'll still be allowed to eat it. So it's a shechita So that's the three answers.
So let's recap. So what do we have? First of all, the case of the Mishnah of Rab Shimon is not a continuation from the case before Rab Shimon. The case of Rab Shimon is, is that Reuben, the Ganav, steals an animal that the owner was already Magdish. And on that, Rab Shimon says, if now Reuben shechts an animal, if the owner was Magdish, it's not for a Nedava. But if he's still Chayev Bachrayis, even though Shoy Re'eyev Eloy Shol Shol Hagdish, it's considered enough Re'eyus, it's enough Vigun of Mebeis Ho'ish, the owner has to replace it, he's Chayev Dalot Ve'ei. The technical problem which is, the Shechita is not Re'uya, either it was Bifnim L'Shem Ba'ilam, Shechita Re'uya V'Kshera, I, why isn't it Chazara, the blood spilled out, that was Rav Dimi, Amar Rav Yechanon, answer no. Yeah, the owner, yeah, that's it. But again, the, it's now that the blood spilled out and the owners didn't, didn't get their mitzvah. What do you mean? That someone can eat it? Or that someone, can someone, eat it? someone can eat it. So if the Gahan can eat it or whatever. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Answer number two is, is that he, it was a Tamim, that he shechted it in the Azara, but he shechted it Shalayim L'Shem Bailam, that's Gavaldik. No, nothing spilled, but he stole it from the owner. The owner lost his obligation and the owner now has to replace it. It's a, it's a nether. Chayiv Dalad or Reish Lakish's answer is that no, the animal was slaughtered outside the base of English, but it was blemished. Since it was blemished and it could be redeemed, even though again you didn't redeem it yet, it's still called a shechita kishera. So, can I ask a question on that second case? Sure. When that shechita is done and it's done with the wrong, who's making that mistake? Is that the client that's doing the shechita that's messing it up? Or is he the guy that's doing the actual So let's go back to this concept. That even though he should self is not kaina, that's important. But there's a shina rishus. No, there's no shina. It was already hegdish. So no, he did the shechita. Very good. The answer is that he did the shechita, and shechita kashere bezar, and the one who does the shechita has the power to have that kavana. The truth is, Danny, that in zvachim we're going to learn that all of these machshavas that pasul are machshavas both from the owners and from the kahanim, or from the kahanim. But here he's not the owner. So, but since he's the shoichet. So he has the power to disqualify the animal with his kavana shalil shembayim. Very good. Now says the Gemara, Tohi Now we had two answers in the name of Rabbi Yechanan, Rabdimi and Ravin. Even though, just to speak out, that Rashi clearly writes that this wondering, this question that Rabbi Lazar had, Rashi writes, if you look at Mamish inside in the third line from the top, that Parikh Ravin. The Pnei Shua says that what Rashi means is that this question is also on Ravin, as we'll speak out in a moment. So we're going to learn this approach, that the question is on both answers that were given in the name of Rabbi Yechonah. Shechita materes, hold on, by Kachim, Shechita in itself does not allow anything to happen with the meat. What makes the carbon a carbon? What is the final act of the Avaida? Right, there are four acts, the Shechita, Kabbalah, Hilacha, and Zerika. The zirika is the matir. What, for what, even in the oila where the, where the animal has to be burnt on the altar, it only happens after the zirika. Certainly by karbonais that the kahanim are allowed to eat, or that the kahanim and the owners are allowed to eat, shechita is not what does it. By a chulin animal, shechita is a matir. There's no mitzvah to shecht by a chulin. But if I want to eat meat, what allows me to eat the meat? The fact that it's a shechita. Before the shechita, it's ever menachai. Shechita is matir. By kachim, shechita is not the matir. The zrika is the matir. So let's go back. What was your whole answer? The question was that according to Rab Shimon, shechita. She'en ru'uya, loishmei shechita. You can't say that by kachim, the shechita is a shechita ru'uya. The shechita doesn't do it. 
So that's the question on Rabbi Yechanan. And again, it's on both. Sai, if you shechted it, l'shem bailam. Or according to Ravan's answers, that you shechted it, shalai l'shem bailam. Regardless, that act of shechita doesn't do anything. So we're back to the question. The shechita in itself won't be a shechita ruya ever. And, in other words, the way the Pnei Yeshua says, according to Rav Dimi, the question is a bother question. Because he's saying that the blood spilled. The blood spilled, it never became shechita ruya. And even according to Ravan that said that the blood didn't spill, nevertheless, since when he shechted it, shaloy l'shem bailam, that shechita by kachim doesn't accomplish anything as far as you being allowed to eat it, shechita doesn't allow you to eat it. So even though the blood was not spilled out, the shechita in itself can never be called a shechita ru'uyam. That's the question that Rabbi Lazar has against both answers in the name of Rabbi Echanan. And then he asks further, and also according to the answer of Reish Lakish, that we're speaking about you were shechit balamum in bachutz. Hold on, shechita materes. And we emphasize that it's not that the animal was redeemed. Don't forget it, it can be that the animal was redeemed. If the animal was redeemed, Rab Shimon is speaking about kachim. Once the animal is blemished and redeemed, it's not kachim. For Rab Shimon to say in the Mishnah, you're not you didn't redeem it. If you didn't redeem it, again, when you shecht an animal that's blemished, it has, it's not going to be kachim. So the animal wasn't redeemed. We mentioned that. The animal was just blemished. Really, you should redeem it and then shecht it. Here, it wasn't redeemed yet. If it wasn't redeemed yet, so again, your shechita will not allow you to eat it. Yes, you could redeem it after the shechita, but you cannot eat it until you redeem it. So what's matter the animal? Again, not the shechita. It's going to be the pedia, the redemption. The, sh- the pedia should have been done before. But again, the Mishnah cannot be speaking about a case where the pedia was done before, because then it's not called kachim. Rab Shimon is speaking about kachim. No, that's not what he meant. It's already, it's already, what's chayvachrais, ain't a chayvachrais, it's, it's, it's blemished and redeemed. These are two great questions. So it's really a question on all the, the way we're learning, on all the three answers. So here says the Gemara, I want you to know that it's the beauty of this sugi is, is that everything is on Rab Shimon. So the questions were Rab Shimon on Heshita. The answer for these questions will also come from Rab Shimon Lashitase. Rabbi Lazar forgot, it slipped his mind, another din that Rab Shimon said. What was the other din that Rab Shimon said? Kol Ha'aymed Lizraik Kizarik Damri. There's a concept of Kol Ha'aymed, Kol Haroi, that when something could happen, if something stands to happen, many times in halacha we consider it as if it already happened. So here also, kol haroi, the din of roi, something that could happen, something that stands to happen, something that is possible to happen, it's as if it already happened. And let's add something, the achreinim add, that when do we say that if something stands to happen, it's viewed as if it already happened, that is especially true when that which stands to happen is a mitzvah to happen. If I'm obligated to do something, then we, it's easier to see how this works. Since there is a chiyu for me to do it, it's as if I did it already. And likewise, the Gemara is going to speak out this answer. Not only will that answer the question against Reish Lakish, but even the question against, uh, not only will that answer the question against Rabbi Yechanan, it's called Shechita Ruya, let's go to Reish Lakish, V'chol Ho'aymed Liftois, anything that stands to be redeemed, 
is again kipadi damui. It's as if it's redeemed. Now, this is not something that everyone holds by. But the whole problem is, is how do we explain Rab Shimon in the Mishnah? The Gemara is now going to prove that this is Shita's Rab Shimon. He holds both Kolo Oimed Lizrei Kizarek Dami, Kolo Oimed Lifdois Kipadi Dami. So now the question is Gavaldik. See the whole answer? So the case of the Mishnah is, the animal was already sanctified by the owner. Rab Shimon holds Chai Vachri Yusan is Kolo Goyedim Lamamin Kamamin Dami. So therefore, Yechayv Dalad Vehei. Ay, Shechita She'ein Ru'uya. It's considered Shechita Ru'uya. Ay, we ask the questions. The, the, the Zrika's Matir? No. The Shechita's Matir. Because since you have to throw the blood, it's as if you threw the blood. Since you shechted a blemished animal, but you did not redeem it, you have a mitzvah to redeem it, it's as if you redeemed it. Now we have to find sources for these dinim in Abshimen. So says the Gemara, Kol ha'emid lizreki zarik damoi. Where do we get that from? The Tanyam. We learned in Abraisa. Now before we read Abraisa inside, let's speak out a few words of introduction. In Pasha Shemini, when the trader is speaking about the laws of food becoming tamay, or end foods that are tamay making something else tamay, the trader uses the words, Mikol ha'oichel asher ye'ochel. The trader describes not with a double expression. All foods eaten that it could be eaten can become tummy. So the Chachamim hold, the Shittas Chachamim, that any food that's edible, even if it's halachically not kosher. More, even if halachically not only is it not kosher, you're not even allowed it to derive benefit. If it's edible food, then if, you know, for things to become tummy, there are many steps. First, the food has to become susceptible to become tummy. How does that happen? It has to become wet with one of the halachic seven liquids with desire. You know, the owner was happy that it got wet or water was poured on it purposefully. There's dinim in that. Then once it became susceptible to becoming tummy, if some source of great tumah touches it, then it does become tummy. Another important din, which will be negated the next daf, that when it comes to Tumas Eichlin, even when foods are considered halachically food, or according to the Abanan, we don't need it to be halachically food. It has to be technically, since Begashmi is edible, there is a din of a Kibaya, that food has to have a minimum size. Everyone holds, everyone holds, that the minimum size is needed in order for food to be able to uh, convey tumor. Food conveying tumor to something else is called metame. It's good to know the digdok here. Metame, that there's a shva under the mem. It could convey. Question is, do you need to have a minimum size for food to become tame? To contract tumor. That is pronounced mem metachirik. Mitame. And for that, we have a machloikas rishonim. Generally, Rashi is of the, is of the opinion that um, you don't need to have a minimum share. That in order for food to become mitama, in order for it to contract tuma, any amount is enough. In order for it to convey tuma, it has to have the size of an egg, of a beya. According to other rishonim, you need the size of a kebeya even for it to contractuma. Be that as it may, let's come back over here. You have the right shear. Question is, is it food? According to the Chachamim, is it food or not? Is it food? Is it edible? Rab Shimon disagrees with the Chachamim. He limits. 
He says that even if the food is edible, if you cannot even derive benefit from it, that's important, then it's not considered food. Why does he say if you cannot derive benefit? Because if a Jew has an Isser to eat it, if he can give it to a guy who's not bound by the Tayyag Mitzvahs, so it's still considered halachically edible food. Maybe not to you. You're the owner, give it as a gift. But once food is not only Asr Bachilo to the owner, but it's Asr Bahano'o, Rab Shimon says, that's not Mikol Ha'oichel, Asher Ye'ochel. However, step number two now, even though Rab Shimon limits the din of food becoming Tomei, that if you cannot even derive benefit from it, not even a guy can eat it, it's not called food. When is that true? When it was never allowed to be benefited from. From the beginning, it was never called food halachically. But even Rab Shimon, who limits the Tumah more than the Chachamim, will be Maidah, that if there was a time that the food halachically was permissible, even though now it's not permissible, even with Hanoah, it is still considered food, and it could contract and convey Tumah, as long as it has the right Shiyurim for it to contract and to convey Tumah. Clear? Good. Now let's read it inside. The time we learned in the Braisar, Oimer, Yesh Noisar. Now what is Noisar? Noisar is Kachim, that was slaughtered. Every animal that even that may be eaten by the Kahanim or by the owners have a limited time for how long it could be eaten. Most of the Karbanis can only be eaten for the day that it was slaughtered and for the following night. If the meat was left over, that animal, is, that meat is called Noisar. Not only can no one eat it, no one can derive benefit from it, you have to burn it. So now we're discussing whether that is considered, according to Rab Shimon, non-food, because it cannot benefit. But here the Braise wants to emphasize that even Rab Shimon will hold that if there was a time when the food was edible, even now that it's nicer, it's still called food, and there's Dinei Tumas Eichland. So says Rav Shemin, Yesh Noiser, there is one scenario of Noiser, Shuhu, and here we are reading it with Achidic, Mitame. Mitame again means to contract, to receive, me getting it. Mitame Tumasoichalan, that it could become Tumasoichalan. And by the way, if it contracts Tumas, if it has the right shear, it can also convey Tumas. And the Yesh Noiser, but there's another case of Noiser, says the Braiso. That it can never contract to me. And the underlying difference will be, was there a time that it was kosher? Or was there never a time that it was kosher? And now the Braisa speaks out. If the Kachim already passed the right time. One means it slept. One normally is used when a night went over food. Now you enter the new day. And in most Kachim, that you can only eat it for the day and for the night. So if one, meaning if the night passed and the meat is still there, so now you can no longer eat it. So says the Braisa that if the night went by, it already entered beyond the right time, and you didn't even sprinkle the blood, if you never sprinkled the blood, that means you were never allowed to eat it. There was never a time that it was edible, halachically. Then, that's Rab Shimon Shita, he's more lenient. He says, You know what that means? It means food that is allowed to be eaten. This food was never allowed to be eaten, not even by a guy, by no one. It was Asr Bahana from the outset. Then, It can never contract Tumah. However, the Braisa says, If the blood was sprinkled, which means, we're going to soon see what this really means, superficially, 
there was a time that you were allowed to eat it. There was a time that you were allowed to eat it. At that time, it was considered food stuff. Even though now it's Asr Bahana, Rab Shimon agrees to Rechachamim. It's still considered food, and uh, it could be mitame, and it can also be mitame others. Mitame to Masechal. Now, the beauty is, is that in Masech to Menachas, the Gemara Deir takes the Braisa to another level. Don't learn stamp shot in the Braisa that did you sprinkle it or did you not sprinkle it? There the Gemara has a Chiddush. Vekaimalon, my lifnei zirika, the meaning of lifnei zirika means koydem shenira lezirika. Lifnei zirika doesn't mean that it actually became nicer before you sprinkled the blood. No, it became nicer before it was ever fit to be sprinkled. What's the key? says the Gemara in Menachas, being quoted over here, is not that you actually sprinkle the blood or not. The key is whether you were able to sprinkle the blood or not. Now why would you be able or why would you not be able? Technically, if a person shechts the animal, mamish by shkia, even if the shkita was before shkia, after shkia sachama, you're not allowed to sprinkle the blood. That's the meaning of lifnei zrika. La'achar zrika, says the Gemara in Menachas, doesn't mean that you actually sprinkle the blood. And there was actually 12, 13, 14 hours when you were allowed to eat the meat. And then you didn't eat it. No more than that. Even if you tack and never sprinkle the blood. If you shechted it, not the last second before Shkia, but you shechted it enough minutes before Shkia, that there was enough time for you to be able to sprinkle the blood, even that is called food stuff according to Rav Shimon. Because Dabar Ha'oymed Lizraik is Kizaruk Damim. La'achar Zrika means La'achar Shanida Lizrika. And the Gemara speaks it out. Koydim Shanida Lizrika Lan Mayi. What does it mean before he was even fit to be sprinkled? What does that mean? Deloi Havish Huzbayim Lamizrike. That there wasn't even the possibility to sprinkle the blood. Why? The Shachatei Somach Lishkia Sachama. Because the genius slaughtered it. You know, you were speaking about seconds here. Because from the shechita to the zrika, let's say it takes 10 seconds, exactly. You shechted it within those 10 seconds. It was impossible to sprinkle the blood. That will be the case where Abshimon says that food can never become tummy. It cannot contract to tumah. It can never convey tumah. It was never even able to be edible. And therefore, that's the sheet of Rab Shimon, the leniency. It's not Nikola Oichel, Asher Yachel. What does that mean? It says the Chiddush in Menachas, quoting over here, it doesn't mean that you actually sprinkled it. It means that you shechted it early enough that one was able to sprinkle the blood. And then Rab Shimon will be that Metame Tumasechalim. Even though you never sprinkled the blood. That is the source from where we learn, Alma we see, Rab Shimon holds that if something is standing, if we are able to sprinkle the blood, even though you didn't do it yet, halachically it's considered as if you did it. And that is actually being used, in the Braisa, in the Dinam of Noisar, because now we say this is food stuff. So if it's considered food stuff, even though now it's, Nicer. Now it's not edible. Now it cannot, a goik, no one can eat it. You can't have any benefit from it. It's still considered foodstuff. Because there was a time that it could have become foodstuff. Kol ha'aymed. Kol That's the answer that we're going to use on both, on both Rabdimi and Ravin's answer. In the name of Rab Shimon, coming back over here, Taka, you're right, shechita is not matter. 
Zrika's matter. But since you shechted it and there was a kol ho'oi made, so it's considered you were matted it. If you were matted it, then it's considered shechita haru'uya. Emir Hashem to be continued.